There's something I was thinking about um, when, uh, when Kevin was sharing about what we're doing and, and moving forward and advancing. So many people get wrapped up in the worries of what's around them that they forget to move and advance forward in their life, in their marriages, in their families, in their businesses. I want to encourage you, some of the greatest revival breakthrough that I have ever seen traveling the world um, is when people that didn't feel they could do something went ahead out of obedience and advanced forward. And the revelation of the Holy Spirit pours out upon them. Even when Sharon and I, we started this ministry back in 1996, and uh, it didn't seem, well, actually we weren't even looking to do this. We were just missionaries heading out as evangelists. And, uh, but you know what? What seemed impossible, God always made a way. Some of the greatest testimonies I know that our kids remember are when it seemed impossible, but we said, no, the Lord has told us we're in agreement, let's advance. It seemed impossible, and that impossibility in the natural opens up the miraculous in the supernatural. And I think a lot of us need to realize that we can't live under our own understanding. If we live in our own understanding, our own way, we never open the door or allow the door to be open for the impossible to start to happen. We start to get wrapped up in our own understanding. I even say right down to the point of the Lord told me to do this. If we don't have wise counsel in it and actually have agreement, we don't have the authority and the power of hearing. I got to be careful how I say this because this could offend somebody um, or offend some people. God speaks to us directly, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, when it's a directive decision or a directive word of the Lord, it is very prudent from what the Bible says, get wise counsel. Because wise counsel isn't affected emotionally on it. It's not affected by desire or this is what we want. It's actually affected by wise people praying, interceding, and getting the will and the desire of the Lord together. And when more than just you receive a word of the Lord to do something, and three or four others come into agreement with it, now that word has tremendous authority and power because it's the agreement of two, three gathered in agreement and unity on something, it has power and authority. And so even when we started this ministry, the Lord spoke to us personally about it. I rejected it. I didn't want to be in ministry. That's not what I wanted to do. I was in business. And... Uh, but you know what? We interceded and prayed about it. Then we took it to our leadership at the time, our eldership that we were a part of, and they actually all prayed and all agreed to it. And as soon as they agreed to it, none of us knew this is what it was going to be. It was literally to raise money for the Borthwicks to survive on the mission field. But here we are because I truly believe of agreement in what the Lord is saying to us is so vitally important. I encourage people that if we don't have agreement from people around us, we can't actually fulfill the destiny fully by ourselves. It's impossible. God never in the Word has He ever said, you know what, you're to do just everything by yourself. I speak to you and you do it and don't listen to anybody else, don't be obedient to anybody, don't have covering, don't have family, don't have, nope, it's actually completely opposite in the Word of God. The Word of God is all about family, relationship, 
covering apostolic, prophetically, evangelists, pastors, teachers, the, set, the ninefold spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit to be functioning. And that's what, what Kevin talked about our school, Winsome. I tell you what, if you don't go, you need to go. You need to, or go somewhere that where, where you can get training, where you can be part of a family. I've watched our students, um, literally, who are mature Many of them are very mature believers, and many are mature Christians, and many are in my own leadership here in the church, but I've watched shifts and changes in the mentality, and that's one of the biggest things when someone comes up to you who's maybe been involved for many years and comes up and says, you know what, I've been listening to the teaching, and it's in my head, but all of a sudden, it's moved into my heart, and I have a greater understanding of it. You don't just get that on a Sunday morning. What I teach here, I, I pray every morning with Sharon as we come here to church that God will put the words in your ears, uh, even if they don't come out of my mouth. That it's not what I say, it's God, what are you saying? ¿Qué palabras usted quiere escuchar por nosotros, for our Hispanic people here? What word is it that you have for us today? And you know what? If you want it to just come from my mouth, we've missed the point of church. Maybe I give a word, I teach, I read the Bible, I give you scriptures, but the most important thing here on a Sunday morning is that you hear and sense and feel what God and Holy Spirit have destined you for. There's many times I'll preach a, a word and someone comes up, man, I just loved when you said da-da-da-da, and I'm like, I don't remember, it doesn't even, not how I think even, like it's totally different thinking, that's unusual, I wouldn't have, I listened to the recording, I never said that, but you know what? Whatever it was impacted them, and God spoke to them. Amen? The sad thing that many people who profess to be Christians live with limited, powerless lifestyles. So many people who are believers in Jesus don't have the full effect and understanding of what that actually means. Some people really believe, well, I've given my life to Jesus, so now I'm saved. And now I'm saved. Okay, but what do you do with that? And so we teach a lot about identity here. We teach a lot about kingdom now at hand as it is in heaven. And uh, I want to encourage us today because I, I was praying about another key on favor and blessing and how, how your identity releases destiny, especially in the favor and the blessings of the Lord. But so many people think too small. So many people get so wrapped up that they actually are fearful to, hmm, I have to say this, Lord, properly, fearful to come to church for the fear of getting sick. Well, hold it. That is 180 degrees opposite of the Bible. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it says, oh, and don't go be a part of family and let elders lay hands on you for the fear of getting sick. I want to tell you something. That's absolutely not a correct theology. If I go to church and I get sick because I'm in church, so be it. But at least I'm in the house where I know that I can be healed instantaneously from it as well too. You know? And I know the government has its plan and its purposes and it's probably way farther than what we're seeing right now. But the reality is, is the gathering of the saints should never be neglected. Nowhere in Scripture does it say neglect the gathering of the saints. On the contrary, it always promotes gathering of the saints together for a purpose and a reason. And I know 
that there's people in here suffering right now, wherever they got COVID or the virus or cancer or tumors or blood disorders or diabetes or whatever the people are suffering under, because COVID isn't the only thing that's happening right now. And so we need to just stay focused and realize that every year we lose people. I'm not undermining COVID. I, I believe COVID is a bad virus. I have friends that have personally died in Mexico already. I have friends that are on the deathbed right now. But you know what? We don't speak about a deathbed. We call it the lifebed. So Father, everyone who the doctors think is in the deathbed, it is no longer the deathbed. It is called the lifebed in Jesus' name. If they're on a ventilator fighting for life, nope, they're going to have life and life forevermore in Jesus' name. We speak miracle healing power into the ones uh, that, are, that are ready to breathe fresh life in Jesus' name. I don't even want to say that are in death, but on the way to death. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're literally getting prepared to breathe lungs of fresh life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's sad how many people can claim to have the creator of the universe living inside of us, and at the same time, have a renewed mind of Christ Jesus, so the mind of Christ in us, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, influencing the world around us, but still think small. I want to tell you what, if I got the Creator of God in me, the Creator God, I should say, in me, not of God, God is the Creator, if I got God in me, the creator of the universe, I have Jesus Christ renewing into my mind, and I am empowered by the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that can get in my way, slow me down, or stop me, because I am like super mighty Brent Borthwick walking on this earth, because I have all this available in me. So small-minded thinking, small-minded Christianity is a ploy of the devil, and you need to get rid of it and get it out in Jesus' name and get the true mind of Christ in us, which is power and authority walking in the glory of the Holy Spirit on this earth in Jesus' name. We have got to have a mind shifting and changing. That's why as much as there are still struggles going on around, we must not stop moving forward for the revival that God is doing. Because I'll tell you what, one of the greatest things for, for someone who's sick is to actually have a revival encounter. It's to actually come to a house of revival. Because you know what? You read all about the revivals of history. People would get he healed when they put their foot into the parking lot because revival and healing go together. You can't have revival without the miraculous, wonderful workings of God. So for us to live in revival, we must live in the miraculous, wonderful workings of God. I feel that we as believers do not have permission to live with small, limited mindset. We don't have permission from God. Nowhere in Scripture do we have permission to live with a small mindset. I was pondering how we can understand ourselves better, how, how our motives respond and react. How does our heart respond and react to the things around us? And so I started studying and hanging around people that seem to have the favor and blessing of God on their lives. And years ago, I went through this process, and to this day, I would still rather hang with people that have the favor and blessing of God on them than to hang with people who aren't seeing any favor and aren't seeing any blessings because they're usually really depressed and bummed out. 
And so I, I, as I, as I want to share here today, I want to talk about what is our action and reaction to people with the favor and blessing on their lives. Because maybe you know somebody who's obviously living in the favor of God. If you don't, you need to find somebody who's living in the favor of God. Because it actually should bring us hope and not jealousy. It's about maybe they're, they're, they're doing well with their family. Maybe their kids are doing great. Maybe their family's doing great. Maybe their finances are doing good. Uh, maybe there's blessings uh, in their businesses or, or something that's going on. Maybe they just seem to make the right decisions all the time. But you know how many believers, Christian people, get jealous over somebody else's success? It, I'm one of them. For years... I would get bummed out, almost angry at somebody else's success. And the point I want to make here today is how do we respond to someone else's success? Because we will never be successful if we don't celebrate someone else's success. I believe many miracles are withheld because we, we get envious of somebody else getting healed. We need to celebrate someone else's miracle. I truly believe when someone else has a healing and you have the same need in your body and it's not happening, you should rejoice and celebrate and dance and sing and praise God for the miracle that happened in that person's life. Because I'll tell you what, it gets infectious. But it's a good infection. It gets infectious. I have seen over and over again when someone who was not prayed for for a miracle, but they celebrated someone who was prayed for, they also received the miracle. Does the success of somebody make you happy? Or does the success drive you to envy and anger? Some people even get to the point, sometimes unwillingly or unknowingly, speak poorly about people of success because of their own anger internally, their own hatred, their own jealousy of that success. I want us to be super careful. Also, never to think your success is higher than somebody else's. Just live in the favor of God. That's where success lies. I'm beginning to realize that my response to another person's success over these years has been like a temperature gauge to where my heart is. When... I was praying, oh, Lord, you know, I need, I need $1,000 to pay this bill. I just need $1,000, Lord God, show me how. And then somebody right over here who wasn't even praying for maybe $50 or $100 gets a $10,000 check. And I used to think, well, they don't need it. They're already rich. I'm a missionary. I'm on the mission field. I got an engine that's blown up in my Volkswagen. I need the money more than they need it. But I soon realized, whoa. Maybe celebrating someone else's success is God watching to see how well you do that, to see if you can handle success yourself. No different in the five-fold ministry. I want to be an evangelist. How come that guy's gotten all the time to preach in the pulpit? Well, guess what? You're not ready to be an evangelist on the pulpit yet. Well, I pastor all the time. How come that guy who's got a bad attitude, he's a pastor? 
That's because you're not ready to pastor. You're so worried about somebody else that it's literally taking you out of the ability to live in the fullness and the victory of Jesus Christ's power and authority in your life. And sometimes we let that bitterness, even right down to having children and birthing children, it's so hard. Or a marriage that's on the rocks and struggling and somebody else's marriage is doing great. You know what? If your marriage is struggling on the rocks and somebody else's marriage is doing great, hang around them. Don't be jealous of them. <laughs> if somebody else is making a favor and success is on their life, hang around them. Don't sit in your own little you know, home and, and worry about all your bills and condemn everybody else that's making money. No. I grew up as a missionary kid. Uh, we were very, very poor. Matter of fact, when we moved back to Canada from the mission field, uh, my parents became the senior representatives for an organization called Wycliffe Bible Translators for Western Canada. We didn't have money to get a house. So we actually lived in an AHOP house, which is a government-assisted house. The government helped pay for the house for us to live in because we couldn't afford a down payment to make it work. And so I never wanted to be a part of the ministry, but you know what? My parents never lost faith. After serving at that time probably 40 years in the mission field, they never lost faith. They served over 50 years of their life serving. Matter of fact, I don't think they ever stopped serving. Right until they breathed their last breath, they were still serving God in a mighty way. The same health gauge that we need to have in our own life it actually works on the exact opposite when someone's having a disaster, how do we respond? Oh, well, they deserve it because they, they got money last time and now they're poor, so they deserve it. What? Like, how, how, what is our heart? What is our life saying? What is it about? It's actually not about judging and condemning anybody. If you want to judge someone, judge yourself. <laughs> If you follow the Word of God, you and I aren't a judge. <laughs> but you know how many times I hear it over and over and over again, and I bring up someone's name. Let's say I bring up Jim Bob Baker. Jim Bob Baker. Oh, and someone comes to me, hey, I feel like Jim Bob Baker's on my hand. I hope there's not a Jim Bob Baker somewhere. I don't know a Jim Bob Baker, just so you know, but I'm just throwing a name, Jim Bob. Let's just call him Jimmy Bob. Bobby Jimmy. Sounds like a bobber in the, when you're fishing, you know, those bobbers, Jim Bob. Uh, hey, one of my bosses in North Carolina was Billy Joe Bigham. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Bigham. Anyways, uh, I'm going way off track, sorry. I bring up someone like Jim Bob. Hey, I've just been really praying about Jim Bob. You know, it's been heavy on my heart. You know, I feel like we need to pray. Oh, but you know what Jim Bob did 10 years ago? Do you know what? I mean, he did this, and he fell into sin, and he did this, and he lost his wife, and he lost his kids. I'm like, I don't care what he did 10 years ago. Be quiet, please. If we stay focused on the past problems in people's lives, you will live in your problems the rest of your life. It is not the destiny for us to always remember the problems of the past. Matter of fact, I believe that if we always, the first thoughts in our mind are the remembrance of a problem when someone's name pops up, I wonder what level of forgiveness we live in. Oh yeah, Jesus forgave us, but he did not forgive us to let us unforgive others. <laughs> Bing! I heard it. 
I watched some of these little short video clips. Some are really bad, but some pop up and, and the, the lady's, what is she, cooking or something, and the husband is here and he's really good and he hits a glass with water, ping, and she comes over, looks at her phone, nope, not that, and then he goes, and she comes over, looks at the phone, <laughs> he goes, If I have any form of joy or excitement in my heart when someone else has a bad situation happen, I have a big problem. I have not forgiven that person. I have not seen that person as a brother or sister. I have held resentment in me, and we need to walk in forgiveness of it. If we start to desire that somebody who offended us or bothered us or did something has hurt back to them, we have to recorrect our mentality and realize that's not the lifestyle of Jesus. That's not the thought patterns. As much as they did bad, your forgiveness does not approve what they did wrong. But your forgiveness is getting rid of resentment that will hold you back from advancing into the kingdom of God. I now realize that the more joy I have in my heart when I have a friend, a son, a daughter, a co-worker, another church, a local church, and they start moving into revival or they start moving into blessing and favor, I celebrate. I celebrate. Matter of fact, I have told the churches around here that if revival is breaking out, I'm with you. <laughs> it doesn't have to break out in this house. I'm with you. Because wherever revival and the Spirit is moving, I will be connected arm in arm, hand in hand, no matter what it is. And if their church grows to 10,000 and ours stays where it is, I'm okay with that. As long as revival is breaking out and I am not harboring resentment against another pastor or another church or another leadership team in Jesus' name. I know that we as the bride of Christ are seeking God's vision for success in his church. That's our heart here. Our heart is that our church becomes successful. It already is successful. What God is doing in here is mind-boggling. Like Kevin said, you guys are amazing, absolutely amazing that we're even able to start to consider to do these carpets. I mean, how many of you would actually like to remove the carpets? Please don't say you're from the 80s and you like orange carpets. We have dyed these things black multiple times, and they won't stay black. It's just like the dye, I don't know, it's just orange. Because the building was built in like 1981, 1980-81. Uh, but we have a passion to shift things up and change things up. We have a passion to be prepared that we're going to need a second service and a third service and a fourth service. We have a passion to go forward, not because we want to have people fill our seats, but we want to have people filled with the presence of God to see the miraculous healing power. I would rather have a group of 50 or 100 blown away in the presence of God than 5,000 who know no presence. It's not about numbers, but it really is if you really follow the Word of God. People say, oh, yeah, Brent, you know, you, you just want a big church. Actually, no, a big church is a hassle. It's easier to have 10 people and meet with them and talk with them and pray together and whatnot. And we already have a large, large-sized church in Canada standards. 
No, it's not about having a big church. People say, well, what's your vision, Brent? Well, actually, I'd like to see 10,000 churches in Windward. Oh, so you want to build a big network? No, the more churches there are means the more evangelism that happened, the more people got saved, and the more the fire of God is on. It has nothing to do with the amount of people that are in it. It has to do with people coming to Jesus Christ. We need to rejoice at the success of our brothers and sisters. We need to rejoice with the success of our friends. We need to rejoice with the success of our, bro- our daughters and our, 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 maybe our mother and father, maybe our, our brothers and sisters and sons and daughters physically and spiritually. We need to make sure that we don't go into tearing people down. We do not tear people down. If God's going to do something in a country or a nation, so be it. He has all authority. But you and I are not destined to tear people down. We're not destined to tear sinners down. You know how many people tear sinners down? And I'm like, you're tearing them down because you need to be what you're tearing them down with because you're tearing them down because you're not fulfilling what you're called to do. Hmm. Quiet. Psalms 31. I'm going to read out of the Passion today, Psalms 31, verse 15 to 17. My life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. So I know you can deliver me from those who persecute me relentlessly. See, I know you can deliver us from the persecution, and they persecute relentlessly. But guess what, God? My life is in your hands. Verse 16, smile on me, your servant. Let your undying love and glorious grace save me from all this gloom. Any gloom going on today? Boy, there's gloom. Just go shopping. Go shopping without your mask on. There's just gloom out there. I didn't tell you to do that. I'm just saying it sarcastically. Well, my pastor told me. No, 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 no. Well, who's your pastor? Oh. <laughs> Smile on me, you ser- your servant. Let your undying love and glorious grace save me from all this gloom. I want to ask us right now. Let our un- his undying love and grace rescue us. Rescue us from gloom, without putting your hands up. Some of you think you don't need to be rescued because you think you got it in control. But I want to tell you what, even if we think we've got it in control, we need to be rescued from that thought. And some of you might be thinking, and people watching online right now, that you need to be rescued. Well, guess what? We're preaching about the rescuer. We're preaching about him. The name above all names, the high and lifted up. Verse 17, as I call upon you, oh, so important, because it actually relies on us to go after him. He's already there. But if we don't choose to go after him more, then we've just kept the door closed. As I call upon you, O Lord, Let my shame and disgrace be replaced by your favor once again. How many want a replacement of favor in our lives in Jesus' name? 
But let shame and disgrace fall instead upon the wicked, those going to their own doom, drifting down in silence to the dust of death. I pray that I pray no one in this place and no one hearing right now in Windward could fall into the ones that are going down in their gloom or doom and they're shifting their silence to the dust of death. I want to declare to you, this is not the season to have doom and gloom mentality. The more understanding we have of our destiny, the more happiness we have in our lives. While we live on this earth with God's destiny living in us, the more we live in God's favor. We have to live on this earth knowing that God's destiny is in us right now. And the more we understand that his destiny is in us right now, the more favor we begin to walk in. And blessing. And the more we live in God's favor, the more we are able to rejoice when someone else is being blessed. But in reality, you are blessed. You have breath. You have life. You live in an amazing country. One of the best countries in the world. If you take out some of the garbage that's going on and look at the majority of this country called Canada, you will know that you are truly blessed and you should be celebrating our land and celebrating this country and living a life of victory in such a way that laws start to shift and change, that you're raising up the next prime minister of Canada in your family right now in Jesus' name so they can walk with fire and power and bring our nation back on track to the founding fathers desire the word of God. Oh, I'm bummed out at some decisions, the laws that are being made and passed. Yeah. But you know what? If I sat there all the time, bummed out about that, then I would think this country is falling apart. But it is falling apart. No, it's actually changing, which it's done since the first day it was formed. I will guarantee you, my parents, born in 1916 and 1918, Canada looks different in their lifetime. They talked to me about it. They went through First World War, Second World War, Vietnam War, Korean War. They went through uh, the, 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 the uh, Spanish flu pandemic. What was it? 55 million people died of that one flu. Hundreds of million people died in wars in the generation before us. If our country falls apart, we're not working hard enough to be all that God has called us to be. But even if it does go downhill, your destiny is not to go with it. I don't know what our grandchildren are going to live like I don't know maybe they'll have oxygen tanks respirator <laughs> the force is with me and maybe some will be wearing white clothes and some will be wearing black <laughs> but I know one thing. I pray they've got a little button on the side of that respirator where they can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know 
want that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I know one thing. When a country starts to fall away from God, it's time for the church to rise up and unify together with power and authority and start to walk with revival on this land. You're alive. I think you are. You are blessed. So many countries don't. 95% of the people of this world don't live to the standard that us average Canadians live in. <laughs> He's got to go visit a few of the real poor countries. Our Christians are being beheaded just because of their faith. Live in such a way that people's success brings joy and happiness to you. Make sure that your success brings joy and happiness to people around you as well. Because sometimes when you get the favor and the blessing of the Lord and successful, you can become greedy. And I've watched more people lose their favor and blessings by greed. Ephesians 1, verse 11. Again, in the Passion translation, Ephesians 1, verse 11. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. That we, you and I, have been born into the destiny of God and God will fulfill the plan. He is fulfilling the plan. He is not stumped by COVID. He is fulfilling the plan and he is fulfilling it in you and he's fulfilling it in me if we're willing to grasp the understanding and the identity to know that we are sons and daughters of a king. And the king that I'm talking about, he's the king of all kings. There is no president or prime minister in a higher level of authority than the king that I'm talking about. Your destiny of success is in the church. It's in the family. And there's a lot of people like, well, no, I don't think the church is really applicable, you know, to have two of us in a Starbucks is good enough. You know what? At least it wasn't Tim Horton, so thank goodness. At least we got something going up that it was Starbucks. Sorry, I like the Tim Horton's donuts. Just every time I drink the Tim Horton's coffee, I feel like I was a smoker for 50 years after. It's like the aftertaste, you know. Oh boy, I got a lot of people shaking their head at me now. You just destroyed it right now, Brent. That's okay, I'm gonna win you back in just a minute. I truly do not believe you can find a successful kingdom encounter alone. You can have an encounter with God alone. I have many of them. You can soak in his presence by yourself. I do it many times. But I'll tell you what. When you get together with family and they're all having encounters with God, Wow. You become bigger and better than Superman. 
can sit at home and listen to music and have an encounter with God reading the Word. But when my family comes together and we all do supper together and they're all living encounters and experiences, when we come to church having an encounter in our own place, wow. Your destiny is to be happy with the joy of the Lord. You want destiny today? You want more? Be happy. Smile, everybody. Smile. Oh, but that's fake. You know what? Sometimes you need to be fake. Put a smile on your face. It's the starting of something. What they say is, smile takes less muscles than a frown. Your destiny is to be filled with hope to be filled with hope not just to fill up with hope but to overflow with hope to be full and overflowing with hope how many people know that people need hope right now well I want to declare to you that there is a lot of hope right now there is revival there is life we're watching miracles people being healed in Jesus name Live with hope, a joyful expectation. When you go out this door, be joyful and expect the sun to be shining. Because it is. And for us in BC, that should be a hopeful day right there. If you walk out, husband and wife, or if you're single and you walk out, you're going to go hang with some friends. Bring hope to the party. Bring hope to the party because it will set you free. There will be a joyful expectation that starts to become the normal standard in your life. And when you walk with a joyful expectation, I guarantee you, your hope will increase. Your hope brings joy and joy brings hope. They co-live together. Again, what we said in verse 15, my life my every moment, my destiny. It's all in your hands, Lord. Let's all stand. Let's say this together. My life, my destiny is in your hands, Lord. It's in his hands. But you know what his hands do? They touch you and empower you. To walk with life, with joy, with power, to walk with authority, not to overpower people around you, but to love them so much that you celebrate every blessing in their life, every blessing in their Oh, I ask you here today, Lord, that your word has been very clear when we come together and gather together in unity that there is a blessing, an automatic blessing, a blessing mandated that will pour out from heaven like precious oil running down the head and the beard of Aaron. I know, Lord God, 
that we stand together, enough of us in this house right now watching online in a unity knowing that God, you're a good, good God. And that you have a plan and a purpose in every one of our lives. And I know some that are here, some that are watching have been devastated and hurt. And I just want to say the lie of the devil is real. And he's been lying to some. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. I'm not saying you shouldn't be wise. You shouldn't wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Whatever that choice is yours, don't let fear lie to you in Jesus' name. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that hope defeats fear and joy defeats depression and worry. When I start to feel a little depressed or a little worried, I start to celebrate. I start to praise the Lord. When I start to feel like, oh no, we've lost so much in the season, I start to celebrate the Lord for what we have. What we have. Even in this country called Canada, I celebrate for what we have. Not everything, but the good that we still have. But I know one thing for sure. People are watching you. People watch me. And it's important that we become the living testimony that God has destined you to be. That you and I walk in the destiny that he knew before the foundations of this earth were even laid. He knew your destiny. I would even tend to say he spoke it out in the heavens. Maybe all the heaven knows your destiny. Why are we the last ones to know it? Well, I want to tell you what. The word of God is clear. Your destiny is, has great purpose. It walks in hope. It walks in love. It walks in forgiveness. It walks in joy. It walks in power and it walks in authority. I want to speak to marriages right now. I feel like some are even watching online that the enemy has been a lying deceiver. And I ask Lord God that marriages come together, stay strong in Jesus' name. The fear of sickness, dying, and death. I ask, Lord God, that that gets replaced into the knowing and understanding of life and life more abundantly in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord God, that if we start to get a little sniffle or a sore throat, we don't instantly think, oh no, and have fear, but we say, you know what? You actually don't belong in my body, so just get out in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord God, some of the businesses that have struggled, that there is a new revelation of how to do business and how to be more successful than we ever were before COVID in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, for each son and daughter, grandbabies, great-grandchildren, I ask, Lord God, that we become like shining light because Jesus is in us. My wife used to say when we were out on the boat in the middle of the ocean and a storm was raging around us, 
people would say, ask her, were you scared? Were you fearful? And she said, as long as my husband wasn't, I wasn't. So there's a few times I had a little bit of fear when those big 28, 30-foot seas were rolling under our, under our keel. I just never showed it to her. But I knew that I knew nothing was going to hold us down. But the Lord had said, go. And so we went, not even knowing what we were going to do. So I want to encourage you, be wise. You know, Jesus, in the garden, he said, Father, take this cup from me. But he didn't say it in front of his disciples. And immediately the Father gave him something that instantly empowered him. Because our human spirits can sometimes say, I just can't do it. But I know the spirit that says, oh, yes, you can. For when you are weak, I am strong, says the Lord. And maybe you've been feeling a bit weak, a bit run down. Maybe you're a little confused. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're having struggles in marriage. Maybe you're, you're, something's going on with friendships or, or, or children or something. Maybe, maybe there's even something where you've had to decide between getting the vaccine, the COVID shot, or work. I pray for wisdom for every one of you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. If that's you, if you've been a little bit concerned, a little bit worried about some of the things that have been happening around, I want you to be honest with the Lord. Just put your hand up right now. Just put your hand up right now. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. My hands are up. I've been a little concerned about what's happening. I'll be honest with you. I speak into over a hundred pastors and leaders' lives of this ministry. And they're asking me for advice. So I ask Lord God right now, take any worry, any stress, any fear, any concerns away now in Jesus' name. I ask for a, a free, clear mind pursue your glory in Jesus' name. I ask for everyone that's watching, everyone in this room, that when we walk out those doors, we do not carry baggage out. We left the baggage here. It's dealt with at the foot of the cross. And when we walk out those doors today, we breathe fresh air and we walk in fresh freedom again in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Father. For you are a good, good God. We thank you for everyone here. We pray blessing and favor upon each one. I ask you, Lord God, that you will give each one of us the mindset shift and change to celebrate other people's favor and blessing so we can walk in favor and increase favor and blessing in our own lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray for safety for our trip tomorrow and our return on Saturday. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And all the people said, amen, amen. Bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.